Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies, touchdown 49ers. Well, a lot has happened in the past week or 10 days or so. A lot has happened with the landscape of the draft and the potential future of the 49ers and the fan base is on fire i'm zane he's al it is another episode of the 49ers web zone no huddle podcast and it is three weeks up until the draft as of the recording of the show which means that smoke screen central al are you buying the mac jones hype wait the 49ers traded up to three <laughs> I, I had no idea <laughs> why is not every single person in every single tweet in every single report about this they're not going to take mac jones are they you know ever since they (laughs) they made that trade first of all i had like we were like there's no way they're going to trade up there's no way they're going to do that and they did it and we were like holy crap i can't believe that just happened and they're squarely in the mix now to get one of the top quarterbacks it's we know look we know trevor lawrence and and zach uh zach wilson are not going to go right they're not going to go to the niners they're going to go earlier it's going to be Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or ah, Mac Jones. That's basically what the, what the decision is here. And it is going to be a long three weeks before the draft because everybody seems to have their mind made up that it's Mac Jones. For I don't know what reason, this organization is airtight. And all of a sudden, Schefter's tweeting out, Field Yates is tweeting it out. And we have to basically hope that everybody pulls a, a Jason Lock and Fora and gets it wrong um, and hope that they pivot away from Mac Jones. I'm not saying he's not, he's not a good quarterback. He is a, a good quarterback, but for what the 49ers need to do and what they are upgrading from, and we'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo in a little bit, but what they want to upgrade from, it's too similar of a skill set for what they need to happen, have happened on this team. And the reason why I say that, Al, is because why did they lose the Super Bowl? They lost the Super Bowl in part because they couldn't get plays to develop off script. Kansas City kept blitzing the hell out of them. Jimmy couldn't read the defense. He was missing open guys couldn't read the defense in time to be able to get away from the pressure to make a play. That's why they lost on the offensive side. We all know about the defensive side too, but Mac Jones is that guy and you can't do that again. And you're in the same position you were four years ago when you selected Solomon Thomas at number three, when you should have selected either Mahomes or Watson, all the Watson's in legal trouble now. You cannot, cannot make that same mistake again. There's, there's a lot of different aspects of this for me in, Right now, to be honest with you, I'm pissed off. Mm-hmm. I'm really pissed off. And, and, I, and I'll tell you why. The reason I'm pissed off, and I think what's bothering me about just everything that's being reported right now with this Mac Jones to the 49ers from a lot of national people, from a lot of big media outlets, from a lot of who you would hope are trusted sources. And this narrative of Mac Jones to San Francisco is getting pushed as almost a certainty. But then in the next breath, they're like, well, you know, it's, it's speculation at this point, but, but I'm 95% sure. Well, are you sure or are you speculating? Because it sounds a lot to me like everybody's speculating. And, and, and let me tell you what. I could say again, Al, you don't know stuff. You do know stuff. Whatever you people think of me. I reached out and I heard for some people on this. And from what I was told is there is nothing coming out of that building. Al, this type of thing is not being leaked. I heard that late last week and over the weekend. And then Albert Breer, who I'm really becoming, really starting to respect Albert Breer with some of his reports. He comes out in his column on Monday and says, I don't believe many people know who the Niners are taking at third. 
And I'll punctuate that point by giving you this little nugget. Now, listen to this if you haven't heard this yet. When Kyle Shanahan went to assistant coaches, Mike McDaniel, Rich Skanga, Gorello, whatever your name is, Bobby Slowick, among others, for assessments on the quarterback class in January and February as he and John Lynch mauled the big move up the draft board, he didn't share his own evaluation with those guys. And he goes on to say, I don't want anyone to think that I'm discrediting anyone close to Shanahan like Chris Sims. Um, because he says Sims, for one, has a really good read on Shanahan, said, I just know that the Niners have kept this very close to the vest. And that's the same thing that I have. There is nothing coming out of that building. Kyle hasn't told his own assistant coaches. He hasn't told his own assistants. But but the media knows. But Mike Tannenbaum knows. Did did you see the interview Matt Mayoka did with Mike Tannenbaum? Did you see this? I did, yep. yep okay, this fired me the hell up. And this is the reason why. So Tannenbaum goes on Mayoko's show, and I'll get, I'll get the exact quote for you right now. And for those of you who don't know who Mike Tannenbaum is, he, he was an executive with the Jets and the Dolphins, and he works as a quote-unquote insider, one of those insiders, for ESPN right now. So he says to Mayoko, they're drafting Mac Jones, and they see Mac Jones like Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Are you kidding me? If you want to come out there and say, okay, you know what, Mac Jones, first of all, Mike doesn't know they're drafting Mac Jones. He's speculating that they're drafting Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. But if you want to come out and say, okay, he's like Matt Ryan. Okay, Matt Ryan, he won an MVP. He put his team in a position to win a Super Bowl. He had a great season with Shanahan. Okay, that's a fair argument. Matt Schaub? Are, are you kidding me? You're going to tell this fan base the 49ers traded multiple first-round picks to, to trade up to draft Matt, Matt Schaub? That's the narrative that NBC Sports Bay Area is is putting their basing their articles around. Are you kidding me? And Jimmy Garoppolo, they have Jimmy Garoppolo on the team. What are you trading up for a guy you already have for? Is, are, are you joking? Are you absolutely kidding? And then he goes on to say, as if what he said wasn't ridiculous enough. He was talking about when he when he did drafts with with, with the Jets and people he took their character and talent. We were able to check those boxes before we made the decision. And I think Mac Jones specifically, they, they, the 49ers, feel like he checks a lot of their boxes. Character? He's Mac got a Jones DUI. Has a DUI. <laughs> yeah, he has God. a DUI. <laughs> yeah. No, look, people make mistakes. Oh I God, get it. Dude. He was young. But, but you're talking about character? If Justin Fields had a DUI, it would be over. People would be talking about it every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Every five minutes. And then th- I see this report today from Matt Miller. Who listen? I don't know Matt. I've never talked to Matt. I'm not knocking Matt. I know he came out a report a couple of years ago that turned out to maybe be not so right about Shanahan and and Lynch having some some friction or whatever. But what he said was that he talked to a former employee of the 49ers, a former employee who's 95 percent sure it's Mac Jones. Kyle's assistants don't even know who it is. How does the former employee know? Are, are you kidding me? And then in the same article, the same guy says, well, it's all conjecture at this point. So if it's conjecture, how do you know, how are you 95% sure? What are saying? What are we doing in the pick might be Mac Jones. Hell, everybody's got a one in three chance again and right. It's either Jones fields or Lance, but what are we doing with this narrative that everybody's so sure and pushing it, pushing it and pushing it. And then in the next breath, they're like, oh, well, I mean, it's, it's conjecture, but all the dots are pointing that way. Then just say you're speculating. Say you don't know this narrative is getting pushed and it is pissing me off. Man, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm so tired, 
so sick and tired of hearing, oh, Mac Jones, the 49ers matchup. Not because I don't want him here, because you don't know. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows where Mac Jones is going. And on top of that, nobody rumors Mac Jones to be going somewhere else. That's the point. Colin Cowherd today was the first one to come out and say, Mac Jones possibly will slide to the Patriots, and that might be their guy. And that's why Belichick was there. Look, there's nothing that points to the fact that the Niners, from coming from them internally, there's nothing that points to them going towards Mac Jones. Look, they went to that pro day. We know what happened in the pro day. Mac Jones was, did not look great. He was not, you know, Justin Fields had a fantastic pro day and, and they're in shorts and t-shirts or whatever. You take, take from it what you will. But we don't know why they were there. And I'm not big on tinfoil hat theories and conspiracy theories, but look, the last time they're in this position, they did not do their due diligence. Both Kyle and John Lynch have admitted that. They know that, okay? We don't know why they were in Alabama to see Mac Jones. Is that them just doing their due diligence? Is that them putting up a smokescreen? Is that them ensuring that nobody jumps up in front of them somehow and offers the Jets some crazy deal of like the next 10 years draft picks to draft Justin Fields? We don't know that. Or is it one of those things where it's like, all right, well, we're up at three. We know our guy will be there at like five, for example, right? So can we trade back and get more picks, right? When you, when you come to the point where you're like, oh, they're taking Mac Jones and maybe they won't. We don't know what they're doing. Nobody had them taking Kinlaw last year, right? Everybody was talking about, oh, Judy or CeeDee Lamb, right? Like a, a draft. That's what people thought. It was Ruggs, Judy or CeeDee Lamb. They drafted Kinlaw. Nobody had them grabbing, trading up to grab Ayuk, but they did this in silence. They did this completely in silence. Nobody knew about the Buckner trade, although they were looking for part, trade partners. They do everything in silence. Nobody knew about the Jimmy trade. That happened out of the blue. Nobody knew about the D4 trade. The point is, is that this organization is not the Trent bulky 49ers. They do not have leaks. They do not have tells. They do not telegraph their moves. They're very good at that. Kyle's that same way when he calls an offense. He does not telegraph his moves. So you really think that he's going to run his team that way, that they're going to telegraph all their offseason moves and be like, all right, cool, this is what we're going to do. We had no clue that they were aiming to re-sign any of the guys that they re-signed. They brought the whole damn team back. We had no clue about that. The only guy that we had an inkling about was Alex Mack, who's a fantastic signing, by the way, um, who we'll get to in our, pre in our season preview in a few weeks. But the point is, Al, is that there is nothing coming from the organization internally that points on to Mac Jones. Adam Schefter came out today and gave a, a as concrete a statement as we've seen. And he said, quote unquote, it's a done deal, Mac Jones in San Francisco. Well, how do you know it's a done deal? Have they communicated with his agent? We know, we know Kyle's talked to Justin Fields' agent. We know that. He said that. Have they communicated with Mac Jones' agent? Have they given any indication that it's going to be Mac Jones aside from them attending his pro day, which is something that they'll do for both Trey Lance and Justin Fields? They haven't. And this is your classic example, Al, of the media drumming up story when there isn't anything there. And that's, um, that's why I'm pissed off. Like, I'm, I'm also fired up too. And I'm fired up for many of the reasons that you are. But the point of the, the fact of the matter is, is that Mac Jones does not give you enough of an upgrade to justify trading, swapping this year's first round pick and trading away two more years of first round pick to be able to choose at number three. That is not the move you make at number three. You cannot with a straight face, look yourself in the mirror and be like, that's the guy that we want. And if you do, it's going to be such a hard sell to the 49ers fan base because everybody knows that this guy does not have that ability to be elite. He doesn't do anything elite. That's the other thing. If you look at him, if you watch the film, the guy, yeah, he's accurate in the pocket and he, he had the best line in the country. He had, he had two All-Americans, All-Americans, a wide receiver, plus a, a fantastic running, running back in Harris. 
he was playing on the best team in the nation in, in many regards, talent-wise. So if he's a benefactor of the, the team around him, how is he any different from Jimmy, what people have been saying about Jimmy? Like, you can't just make a, a direct swap here. You can't make a lateral move. This has to be a home run pick. And that pick has to be either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. It has to. Yeah, and I want to I stress, I, I don't think Mac Jones is a bad player. And I said a while ago that I thought he had Kyle Shanahan written all over him. And picking at 12, sure, mm-hmm. I would have been like, yeah, I can see that. 110%, I can see that. But when you make that kind of trade and you give up that kind of collateral, the, the picks and everything that they gave up, it's got to be an upgrade. It's got to be somebody who, who, and Marcus Spears said this, someone who takes you above the X's and O's. So mm-hmm. for Mac Jones, yeah, he can go in there and he could run the offense. He could run the X's and O's, but, but that's what he's going to do. He's going to be a distributor. Someone like Fields or Lance to me, they take you above the X's and O's. And I was listening to Haberman and Middlecoff today. And I, do you listen to that podcast ever? I do. Yep. Yep. I actually, I just started listening to it. Um, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. And it's, I really like it. It's become one of my favorite podcasts. We had, we had John on probably a couple of years ago now, but we'll have to get Guy on at some point. He's there. They're, I really think they're great, but Guy made a point about Shanahan today and I thought it was fantastic. He said in his biggest moments in the Super Bowls, right? Shanahan was ultra aggressive. And, and think about it. Uh, late game against the Patriots, he, he was throwing late, trying to, trying to put more points on the board. Fourth quarter against, Kansas City. And, and you could say right or wrong, he should have been running the ball, whatever. He, he was being ultra aggressive. And in both cases, he might have needed a quarterback that could do things that the QB he had couldn't. And the points that they made in this were, when you look at the Super Bowl game, um, the Falcons and the Patriots, it was, I don't remember the specifics, it might have been a second and 11 or something like that, second and 10. And he called the pass play and Matt Ryan got sacked. And he made the point in this this past Super Bowl or two years ago with the Niners and the Chiefs where we all remember the bomb Garoppolo missed. But on the next play, the fourth down play, they didn't even get the pass off because he got sacked. And the point he's making is if, if you don't have a guy who's a statue back there and you get somebody like a Justin Fields and you get somebody like a Trey Lance, a guy who can take you above the X's and O's, they can make things happen that those guys can't. And when you're giving up as much as the Niners have, that's what you have. That's the type of player you need to get someone who can, who, who, or who has the ability to transcend your team and, and put your team on his back and make plays with his legs and make plays with his arms and scare the defense. That's what you're putting yourself in a position to do. And if we trust Kyle Shanahan to be the coach and the play caller that he is, you have to trust that any of these guys can fit in there and he can get the, he can get the most out of them. That's what you have to trust. Now, ultimately, is Kyle's decision and we have to reserve judgment till we see what happens on the field, I guess. But Fields and Lance, to me, just have so much, so much more of an upside than Mac Jones. It, it's comical. And I, I can't fathom, I can't fathom how they would have given up that much to get Mac Jones. It, it just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it's like buying a, a 250000 paying $500,000 for a $250,000 house. It's a bad investment. I don't get it. So that's kind of where I am with that. That's basically real estate in California. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do the California real estate thing. I'm I'm from New York, so and I'm from upstate New York, so not like New York City. The prices are not anywhere near. So 
I would say 200, 200K, you get, that'll get you mansion up there, basically, right? Up in New York. So. Uh, no, no, you're probably, I mean, like 400K, you're, you're living in a pretty sweet, sweet place. Um, an average house where I live is probably about 200 grand, I'd say. Wow. Imagine, I can't even like think on those terms, man, living in the barrier. Uh, anyways, but uh, I'm, I'm with you. And I think this is one of those things where we, 49ers fans and, the the media types like us and and people who had podcasts and the the tw- Twitter wars and all that stuff we were all arguing and fighting for months about who the quarterback should be and about Jimmy Garoppolo and replacement keep him whatever this is one thing that seems to have united like ninety percent <laughs> of the fan base like right isn't I'm that like, weird it's true yeah like I'm I'm like texting people I'm telling people I'm like hey we could be friends now again because we're on the same side of this right <laughs> it feels good right. It feels good to get along, but but I think that people universally see this. They they see that like it's not one of those hot take things. Like this is the decision that will make or break Kyle Shanahan. The remainder of Kyle Shanahan's tenure with the 49ers. Like he's not going to get another shot to replace quarterbacks unless I, I don't know what would have to happen for him to get another shot. Like something catastrophic where your quarterback you know is out for the rest of his career or something like that with an injury. I, I mean I don't know any other scenario that would afford him the, another opportunity to replace what he's going to do next at the quarterback position. So really you got to go with the guys that will give you the biggest potential. Like you can't play it safe here. And Matt Jones is a safe pick, but like, uh, and I'm not body shaming this guy, but Alec, have you seen pictures of this guy too? Like, I mean, he doesn't look like an athlete. Like he's no, got a dead body. He's 20. I, look, and people are like, oh yeah, Zane, you're you're a, a podcaster, you know. Dude, I was a college athlete myself. Yeah, I played four years of college of college athletics in the NCAA, and I never looked like that. I never looked like that, dude. Like, I, that's one thing about work ethic. Like, we hear about this this false narrative around Justin Fields that Dan Orlovsky put out on his podcast. I don't know. I don't know if you uh, if you heard that as well. That Justin Fields' work ethic is to be questioned. Oh, was that on Pat McAfee? He mentioned he's, he mentioned that. That's right. He's on McAfee's podcast. Yeah, okay, yeah. Talking. Olaski was out there and he was talking about. Oh, people that I've talked to have said this, and I'm like, man, look at Mac Jones. Look at look at the way this guy's physically built. You tell me who is not committed to their craft, right? And he may be a fantastic in the film room, but the fact of the matter is, the guy never he has looked like he's never lifted lifted a weight in his life. And if you're spending basically three first round picks to swap plus two more. And you're giving X amount of millions of dollars for this guy to be the quarterback on a which should be a playoff contending team. I need more. I need more than that. I need more than like, oh, he's he's got an okay arm and he's not that great of an athlete. He's got elite processing. But Alec, what is processing? It breaks down when the scheme breaks down. Because what happens when your quarterback is forced to ad lib? And people are like, oh, well, you know, Kyle's scheme. But the thing is that. Other coaches are paid to do a job too. Defense is paid to do a job too. And if they start to sniff out things in Kyle's scheme, you need a quarterback that can make plays on his own. And I'm not talking about a guy that will run all the time. We're not talking about like the, the second coming of Lamar Jackson or RG3 or you know any of these guys that like to run a lot. We're talking about, or even like Steve Young, right? Steve Young, Steve Young like to run a lot too. Like a guy that's mobile enough to get away from pressure and can make plays that are off script. He doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes with a rocket arm. You just have to be mobile enough to get, get yourself out of trouble because in Kyle's scheme, somebody will be open. You just got to find that guy. And Mac Jones is not the guy to do that. 
and all the smoke coming out of this. And it seems like every day we're hearing more and more smoke. And as a rule of thumb, we always say, Al, every year we do the draft preview and, and podcasts before the draft, we're like, look, this is the time when you see a lot of teams posturing and a lot of teams blowing smoke to be able to gain some sort of advantage on the draft board, whatever, whatever that advantage may be. And we're squarely in that time now. And I think for me, the frustrating thing is, is that you're not hearing anything else. It's like, okay, why is this the only smoke screen we're hearing? Like, why is this the only thing that we're hearing? Why are we hearing like, oh, it's going to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields? Like, no, it's like squarely, like 95% is Mac Jones. And to me, mm-hmm. like, I, I really question that. In the Niners with their first round picks, I mean, everybody knew they were taking Solomon Thomas, as crazy as it sounded at the time. They did it. McGlinchey came out of left field. There was a lot of Quinn and Williams over Bosa rumors that that were flying around. So, so who knows? What what I do know is this: this was the biggest, most aggressive trade maybe in 49ers history. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that far fetched to say that. And Kyle made it. And Kyle knows that he has to hit on this player. Mm-hmm. We all, most of the fans, I think, really like Kyle, and, and I'm sure Jed York really likes Kyle. And Kyle's a good coach. And if Kyle ever got fired. He would probably, at this point anyway, he would probably get another job in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Having said that, Kyle has to start putting some winning seasons together, and Kyle knows that. Kyle Shanahan is the only coach in 49ers history to have three 10-plus loss seasons. Why? What, what is the reason for that? Is he a bad coach? No. It's because the quarterback play. Because his quarterback was hurt two of the last three years, and he had shoddy backup play with a ton of turnovers. And we, you know we've talked about this. That have caused that caused him to have bad records. That have caused him to lose a lot of games. Really, when you look at this team, 2019 was the year where that was the aberration. That was a different year. They make the Super Bowl. The other six or seven years haven't gone well. So now Kyle's making this big aggressive trade, and things have to start going the other way. And a lot of people have talked about, especially on Twitter, Al. Well, you know, we got to keep Jimmy. What about the Super Bowl this year? people are too caught up in that. I think this is not about 2021. This is about the next five to 10 years. They need to get a guy in place who's going to be their franchise QB, who is going to put them in the conversation of getting to the Super Bowl because you're in the playoffs. Anytime you're in the playoffs, you're in the conversation of being in the Super Bowl. You're going to put them in that conversation for the next five to 10 years. The Niners have only been in the playoffs once in the last, what, six years or whatever it's been. That's it. And I know 2019 was a great year and it was a great run, but I think it kind of made us a little punch drunk on things. Maybe we don't see reality the way that it is. This team still needs the quarterback and they have to hit on this. If Kyle misses on this, if Mac Jones does, is, is, AJ, is AJ McCarron, look, after two years, it's, it's listen, man, it's not a guarantee he's going to be around that much, that much longer if he misses on this. He's probably not. Let's call it like it is. And when you look at first round QBs, Zane, does this scare you at all? And I know we think, okay, normally when, when a first round QB in the top 10, they get drafted, they go to a crappy team, right? So there's a lot of factors that, that, can, that can hurt their development. But most of these guys don't work out. I mean, is that in your mind at all? Is that in your psyche at all? Yeah, like that's, that's one thing that I'm really weary about, that when you trade up this far and give up that much, to, I mean, they, they give up less than... The Rams gave up and the Eagles gave up respectively to get golf and Wentz. But that's one thing I'm worried about is that like this has to work. And I don't want to see Kyle Shanahan fired because that means that we're back into 
coaching purgatory and rebuilding and all that stuff. So they have to do it and they have to do it right. And they've got Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster, whether he's committed to the team or not, I don't know because he was pissed about that, about the, about the trade. And by the way, isn't it great? I, I, the one thing that I really appreciated about John Lynch Shanahan is, is the, from what it seems like from our side, the apparent transparency that they have when they talk to us, the fans and the media, the press conference that they had um, and after, shortly after the trade that they, uh, that they held together, we kind of got a window into like what was going on and Kyle admitted, yeah, he was like, yeah, Jimmy was pissed, right? He's not happy about that. I don't think anybody would be happy in that situation in any walk of life when they're basically planning on replacing you right in front of your face. I don't think anybody's happy about that. So whether Jimmy is, cre- uh, is committed to the team or not, we'll have to see, but you have a bridge there that currently exists that knows the system that is under contract. And whether he stays healthy or not, I mean, like if you draft a rookie, it's less relevant because then that rookie can get snaps if he gets hurt. Um, but to me, if you draft, no matter who you draft, even if it is Mac Jones, you have to have him sit for at least a little bit. Like this is a complicated system. This is exactly. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I. Agree but look, with that. look out. The thing is, is that what we were saying about Jimmy Garoppolo last year, we're like, oh, it takes two years for a quarterback to be able to process cash in the system. He is a four-year, he was a five-year veteran or six-year, whatever he was, year veteran at that point. And we were saying that about him. How can you expect a rookie who has never taken an NFL snap to come in here and start from day one or early on and grasp the system and not have any significant drop-off? It's not going to happen. Like, we well, how, Jimmy, about, how did Jimmy do in his first five games here? Yeah, but the thing is, he didn't know the playbook. He was calling his own plays. Like, people don't really, you don't remember that? Like, Joe Staley said that. Like, he openly said that Jimmy didn't know the playbook. He was just free willing, calling his own plays. You can't trust a rookie to do that. Well, I like, think, not- well, the rookie will, I mean, Jimmy was going in there with a week or two of, of prop. The rookie will have more than that. But I think Kyle would, you know, I don't want to say dumb the playbook down, but that's, that's what he would do for, for the rookie. I would think, I mean, I don't think he was asking Garoppolo to do that much last year. He was basically throwing shovel passes. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but the thing is, Al, the point is, is that you, the, Jimmy was a veteran. He's he understands the speed of the NFL game. He sees he? He's seen NFL coverages. He's been, he's been he? in the league for six years, he dude. You he doesn't see the linebacker but you, in the but middle of the field. Regardless, regardless, though, you can't I'm just kidding. That, like, no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Like, you can't say that, like, you know, Mac Jones would be ready day one to lead this team to, to the playoffs. Man, no way, dude. No way in hell that you're doing that. Because, look, the whole point here, this is, this is a marathon and not a sprint. It's not about getting him in there and be like, because I feel like, you know what I think, Al? I feel like people's feelings about Jimmy Garoppolo is clouding the judgment on this. They want Jimmy Garoppolo gone so bad that they'll start any rookie day one over him. And I think that's really unfortunate because that's not the way that you really should be doing it. The way that you should be doing it is you ease this guy into the playbook, whoever it is. You ease him in. Instead of putting him in there and be like and, and risking, number one, having him have some sort of injury because he doesn't know what he's doing. Number two, destroying his confidence if things don't work out. Like it's not a given that you could just insert a rookie in there and he's gonna he's gonna just be lighting it up. It's not. And we have to I realize that. talk about um, what we're going to do, because I think the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation is kind of fascinating. I, w- I want to ask you about that. But before I do, I want to go over. All right. These are the first, the quarterbacks that were taken in the top 10 of the draft since 2006. So I guess I'll ask you to tell me who you think worked out. It, they don't have to, like none of these guys are on the team that they started on, basically. <laughs> but it, it worked by workout. I mean, you know, they're a starting quarterback in the NFL. Do you think they were, there's, it was a su- successful pick? in the sense that they're a good quarterback in the NFL, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, so 2006, Vince Young. Nope. Matt Leinart. Nope. 
2007, Jamarcus Russell. Oh, hell no. Okay. 2008, Matt Ryan. Yep, absolutely. Okay. 2009, Matthew Stafford. Yes, absolutely. Agree. Uh, and Mark Sanchez. Nope. 2010, Sam Bradford. Uh, neutral. I don't say neutral because okay. he, he was okay. Just he, he was just injured too much. Just injured. I'm going to say no for me on that just because he was the first overall pick and I don't think that he any came near to living up for that. But I, I get the I get what you're saying with neutral. All right, 2011 Cam Newton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jake Locker. Nope. Wayne Gabbert. Nope. 2012 Andrew Luck. Absolutely. Yep. Robert Griffin. No. Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I'm gonna say yeah. Agree. Not with the team that drafted him, but yes. 2013, there wasn't anybody. 2014, Blake Bortles. Oh, God. No. <laughs> All right. Um, 2015, Jameis Winston. 30 for 30? Nah. <laughs> First round pick, right? He, you got to say no on that. Yeah, I mean, we'll nah. see with the Saints, but right now, Marcus Mariota. No. Okay. 2016, Jared Goff. Uh, hard, because how much of that is scheme? Um, I'm going to say soft. Yes, because I feel like there's still some potential there. Agree. Agree. And he's, again, he is what he is, but he got a, he was a Super Bowl quarterback. He's still a starter. I I, got to say yes on that too. Uh, Carson Wentz. That's a hard one because again, another guy, like he has immense potential. He is, he, in my mind is a pretty good quarterback, but he's just not on the field enough. Um, I'm going to say a soft yes on that too. Okay. Agree. And he's still, we'll see what happens with the Colts. Yeah. Trubisky. No. No. Uh, Mahomes, obviously. We don't even have to go over that one. All right. Now it gets into the younger guys. Are you missed Watson. Mayfield. What was that? Well, Watson, Watson was 12. He was 12. It was 12. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah. So he wasn't a top 10. Um, 2018 Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I think he's, he's worked out so far. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Sam Darnold. Nope. Sam, yeah, Sam I mean, sucks, dude. <laughs> right. And, and listen, he can go on to Carolina and have a great career, but as of right now, no. Yeah. Josh Allen, obviously, he's a stud. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh Rosen, no. No. Nope. Um, 2019, Kyler Murray. I'd say, yeah, I mean, I'd say, yeah, I mean, he's still growing, but yeah. I'd yeah, say. it's tough for young, I know. And Daniel Jones, we don't know, we have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I'd right. say like, you, neutral, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a huge year for him. Yeah, we, we, you don't know. And then again, with the guys who just got drafted, there's no way saying, but Burrow looks good. Herbert looks good. Tua, we'll see. But the point of this, as you can, can tell from this list, crapshoot, man. You know, a lot of these guys, even if we can say, well, they've worked out, they're not with the team they started with. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Tannehill looks great right now. Didn't really work out for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Winston could end up being good with the Saints at didn't it didn't work out with the Bucks? Golf, we'll see what happens. Once we'll see what happens. It's it's a crapshoot. So so that's a little scary. It it really is. But again, you would hope that they're going to a good situation with San Francisco, and and they're not going to be where okay the team's bad around them or they don't have a good offensive coach or, or the scheme or the system whatever. They're going on a good team with Kyle Shanahan. So you would hope they're set up to succeed. Now Garoppolo, this is where. 
and I know the fans love this because you and I spent three years agreeing on everything and now we're at each other's throats with Jimmy. And <laughs> it makes, frankly, it makes, it makes for, for, for a good podcast, but it does. All right. So where I am with Jimmy right now, the 49ers spent this whole off season looking under every rock for a quarterback. And for the people who doubted Shan- uh, the Stafford stuff, Shanahan mentioned it in the press conference. We know that they were looking into Deshaun Watson and, and, and when the stuff, the, the legal stuff came out with Watson, that's when this trade happened. So the Niners were hell bent on getting a new QB. For me, personally, I think if Jimmy's back, it's a circus. I think from day one, it's a circus. Now you say, Al, well, where are you going to go if he's not there? Are you going to go with the rookie and Josh Rosen? No. I think that they would have to make another move whether it's Gardner Minshew or maybe Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know. And then you say, well, Al, why are you going to trade a pick when you have Jimmy Garoppolo under contract? I, I, I think the reason you do that is because it's going to be a circus. And I know they have a good locker room, and I know they're well-coached, and I know there's a good structure, but that's not going to change the fact that the media is going to be all over it. And forget about the media. There's a large portion of the fan base, for whatever reason, they're done with Jimmy. And the first interception he throws or the first bad game he plays like week one against Arizona this past year, or God forbid he gets hurt, the fan base is going to lose it. And it's going to be a circus. That's one of the reasons I think that he's not going to be there. The other reason I think is when you draft a guy at three, I think that he plays. I I, I think you're drafting a guy that you could play. The only way I could see maybe that's not going to happen is if it's Trey Lance and they just think he needs a year maybe. Because he because he is younger and he doesn't have as much um, experience or whatever. Insane. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. Let me just do one more thing here. If, if you don't believe me, Mike, Mike Silver's a guy that I trust almost more than anybody in NFL circles. I think he tells it like it is. I respect the hell out of him. He talks about the whole Niners situation here, but he talks about Jimmy at the end. So I want to play this for you. It doesn't matter. I mean, we if from a programming perspective, it's great if there's intrigue. But listen, I. <laughs> uh, they don't, they don't make this trade, as Omar said, if there aren't three guys they love. They believe that Lawrence and Wilson will likely go one, two. So who is that third guy? Well, Kyle Shanahan, trust me, already knows. And uh, he will be the one who makes that franchise-defining decision. There is no doubt that in giving up three first-round picks to go get to number three, uh, he's basically saying, I want this player as our present and our future so they will say what they say about jimmy garoppolo probably will try to trade him if they don't that's cool but the premise that oh jimmy's gonna be the starter and this guy will just sit back and learn i don't buy that either so uh listen if you believe in kyle shanahan's uh you know ability as an offensive strategist and believe that he knows what's best for his system then you have to believe that Whoever he is targeting here of those other quarterbacks uh, is the right pick. And I'm with Mike on that thing. I think that the person that they're taking is their president as well. And there, there's no way Jimmy comes back. I think it'll be a draft weekend trade. Patriots or whoever it's going to be. And he's going to be elsewhere by the time, what is it going to be, May 1st or whatever, by the end of the draft. I think Jimmy's gone. I mean, that's, a, that's one perspective that I, you know, I, I, can, see, I can see that happening. Now, it depends on, again, like, I think they're not tipping their hand for a lot of reasons. And one of those reasons is there's pre-draft workouts that these guys are doing. 
there's like if somebody gets Laramie Tunsold, you know, where something comes out like the <laughs> night before the draft and there's their stock just tanks as a result of that, like they, they need to hedge their bets, right? So I understand why they haven't moved Jimmy yet. To me, I think that I look the way that I would do it. If we were to take the Jimmy drama away, I would like to have a veteran start the season and then rookie take over, like, you know, mid season or after the 10th game or something like that and give him a shot. That's the way I like to do it. But that person is Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that there's so much pressure now on everybody, on Kyle, on Jimmy, on John Lynch, on the team. It's going to be, there's going to be all eyes on them. So I think there's one part of me that's like, you know, okay, they can keep him in terms of like being a bridge to the next quarterback. And that would be sufficient for me. And there's another part of me that's like, okay, yeah, it will be a sideshow. And I do agree with that because every single incomplete pass he has, every single interception, every single loss will be magnified tenfold because they have a guy waiting in the wings. And I question whether that's best for the team and the locker room and the psyche of the team, because look, they're trying mm-hmm. to build something here. And if you have this constant quarterback dilemma that you're having to do, it's going to take its toll on the team and guys are going to take sides. They, that's what happens in any locker room, in any sport. And I think for the betterment of the team, you know, they may have to move Jimmy and Belichick knows that too. He's never, he's been sniffing real close. We, we know that. Bill knows what's going on and he wants Jimmy bad. And I think that at some point he will get Jimmy, whether it's via trade or release or whatever it is, he's going to have to wait it out. But I think the Niners are waiting for two things. They're waiting for number one to see what rookie is going to be the one that they pick. I think they have who, who they want in their mind, barring any red flags. And number two, they're probably trying to canvas the rest of the league to see like, all right, who's going to be available in terms of a backup option for a quarterback or a temporary starter that can kind of hold the fort. Like who's going to be the guy, I, I guess it's kind of funny Al, because in 2017, they had the set up properly where Brian Hoyer should have been the placeholder and they should have drafted like Mahomes or Watson. <laughs> right. Right. They had to set up the first time properly where you had like an inexpensive backup type guy that could have been your placeholder. But now, you know, you also had the price tag with Jimmy, although I don't think that's going to matter because they're, I don't think they're really needing to sign anybody else at free agency. There's nothing else out there that they would, that they would want. Um, I'm, I'm kind of split on this. I think closer to draft time, we'll know. We know the Patriots want Jimmy. I think that that's ultimately where he eventually will end up. It's just a matter of when. Whether or not the rookie starts, I mean, like, what if, because look, Alec, what if he's not great in camp? Or what if he gets hurt in camp? Or something happens where you just, he's just not ready week one. You got to have somebody in place. And right now, like, Jimmy, I think for them is plan B. Um, Plan A being a, a quarterback from another team or some veteran that will come uh, open on uh, after the, the, the what is it, June 1st, I think, are the cuts. Um, or so at, the draft, at the draft. At the draft, too. Yeah. No, that could be that could be when you see Bridgewater and Minshew and those guys go elsewhere, too. So those are yeah. names to watch, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah. So I think that, like, all in all, Al, I think that they're, they're set up well um, with being able to draft somebody. I mean, we're going to do our draft preview show, but, like, it's got to be Fields, Fields or Lance, right? Like, what did you think about Fields of Pro Day? Kind of the same way I did about Lance in that athletically, it was just so impressive. So impressive. And I, I'm one of those guys that don't put a lot into pro days because yeah. I, I'm a turn on the tape guy. But athletically, the things he could do, you're like, wow. And in Lance and Fields, both of them, I was like, wow, look at their arms. Look at the way they move. Look at their size. And Mac Jones, I was like, is that a beer gut? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beer gut. <laughs> um and look, I don't want to be, I think Mac Jones is going to be an okay quarterback too. I think he can be good. I'm just, I don't know. The guy's got a beer gut, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. But the other two to me just seemed like 
these physical specimens that I, if, if Kyle Shannon is this coach, we think he is, why can't you put those guys in there and they can become superstars? I, I, I don't, I don't see why not. I just don't see why not. Yeah. And it's funny because Nick Saban also came out after afterwards that he was on Rich Eisen's podcast and he was talking about how neither Kyle nor John Lynch said anything to him at the, didn't ask him any questions uh, about Matt Jones at the pro day. And he was like, there, I was right next to him, said hi to Kyle and, and John Lynch as well. They didn't ask me anything. I don't know if they thought that I, like they weren't allowed to, or they just didn't say anything because this is, this is the thing. I find it highly suspect and that's fine if they didn't want to talk. Maybe they don't want to take their hand. They got the information they needed, but I find it highly suspect that you're not going to talk to this guy's coach. Like when you see him in person and that you would then draft that guy who has like some small character concerns. You talked about the DUI after drafting another guy in Ruben Foster, who had character concerns in the first round four years ago in your first round and saying that you've learned from that lesson. Like, I'm not saying like, look, programs have guys with character concerns all the time. Like there's, there's no program that's hundred percent clean, hundred percent of the time. Right. But there is something there to, to, to be said. Like Nick Saban basically told him that, Oh, it's not going to be a problem. Ruben Foster was great. And it turned out being the complete opposite. So are they going to trust mm-hmm. Nick Saban with basically up, you know, the, the biggest, one of the biggest draft picks in this franchise's history? I don't know about that. And that's a legitimate question for them, for them to ask and answer in, if, on their own. All right, Zane, before we wrap it up, and we'll get into the specifics of this on our, on our draft show, but just real quick tonight, who do you think they're going to take at three and who would you take at three as of today? So... I'm hoping and praying to the football gods that they're not dumb enough to take Mac Jones at three. So I'm, I'm, I think this is like an elaborate ruse that Kyle has set up because he wants his guy at all costs. Like they, they traded up for Brandon Ayuk. Maybe like he said, kind of even John Lynch even said last year that it may have been like a couple spots higher than they wanted to go, but they got Intel like green Bay wanted Ayuk, and they went and got their guy. So I think that, and nobody had Ayuk on their board in terms of like the Niners picking him. Nobody said, I think Javi did actually. Javi's the only guy that even mentioned Ayuk in pre-draft. Kind of My man, Javi knows what's going on, man. He does. Yeah. Shout out to Javi. He's, it's funny because I've been messaging. He's been busy lately. Yeah. We, have, we haven't been uh, chatting as much because he's prepping for the draft and stuff, but it'll be interesting to, to get him on the show at some point before the draft. We should do that actually. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Maybe he could do the draft show with us. We'll see. Ooh, that's, that's a, that's a really good idea. That's a good idea. Should, should we do, should we do just like a, a round table? Like, like me, you, Hobby Croc, or something like that. Like, should we just? Yeah, we could maybe. Should... I'd have to, we'd have to figure out how to do that, but we could probably figure something out, right? I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely down with that. Listeners, what do you guys think of that? Hit us with the comments and reply to this uh, podcast. Let us know if you think that that that's something you want to hear. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that the Niners. I'm going to take the Mac Jones thing out of the equation completely. I think that they're going to go with either Fields or Lance. Um, Justin Fields is the more right now the more polished player. Uh, he is a little bit more accurate than Trey Lance is. And that's not to say that you can't you can't teach accuracy, but I I, I lean towards Fields. Uh, I think that's the guy that they want. That's the guy that they've been wanting. Remember, for two years, Justin Fields was ahead of Zach Wilson. This recent Zach Wilson hype has put him over Fields for some reason. But I feel like Justin Fields was always QB two to me behind Lawrence. Yeah, oh yeah, and yep. And now, like, you know, you look at the Zach Wilson tape and all these things that he's done at BYU, that's kind of moved him up the draft board. And 
I think ultimately, like, you know, the Niners would have wanted him as well, but like, you're not going to get him. So I think Justin Fields is, is the focus for them. If they got Trey Lance, I would be equally as thrilled because he's, a, like you said, a physical specimen. He, his arm isn't as strong as Fields, but he can make all the throws, he can run. He's not as fast, but like, he's like, the guy is an absolute stud. He's only 20 years old. He's got a lot, a lot of potential. And either of those guys to me, I'd be thrilled with. I'm leaning Fields, though. What about you? I think the pick is going to be Trey Lance. I mm-hmm. want the pick to be Justin Fields. Yeah. That's where I am on it right now. And I'll get more into that when we do our draft show. But that's, that's kind of where my head is right now. I'm the same way. If it's Mac Jones, I'm, I'm not going to go on Twitter. I'm not going to go on the show and be like, everything's awful. The, the sky is falling. Basically, I, I, just gonna, I will. <laughs> and a lot of people will. No, I'm, I'm going to say what I think. I'm going to say I think they gave up too much for him. Let's see what happens on the field. That's that. That's where I am with it right now. If if they do take him and he ends up being Matt Ryan, uh, okay, you could do a hell of a lot worse. But that's kind of the way I feel with it. I don't agree with it. I, I think it's short sighted. Uh, all those things that everybody's saying, but we got to see what happens on the field. But my 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 prediction is Trey Lance. My hope is Justin Fields, and I guess we'll see what happens. And your and your fear is Mac Jones. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Like, I try, you know, in my everyday life, I I, I try not, it's not like I'm thinking about this stuff constantly, you know, but I find myself thinking about this more than I probably should be. That'll just kind of pop in my head and be like, they're not going to take Mac Jones, are they? And maybe, maybe, no, they can't. They can't. But, bro, there's nothing special about him. Like, there's nothing that he does that's elite. Like, he doesn't have elite athleticism. He doesn't have a big arm. Like, he, he overthrows receivers down the field. His only thing is that he's he quote unquote processes things well. What, what does that mean? What does that even mean to process something well? Your processing is basically a subject of what scheme that you're in. Like some guys could have elite processing, but the scheme would be too complicated for really you know anybody to run. So they're not going to be able to process it. Like, look, we have to between the ears is really important for a quarterback, but the the position is evolving so that that is not the only thing that matters anymore. Because before that that you know back in the day. If a guy was slow footed, it's like, all right, cool, but he can make all the throws because he's an elite processor. You could do that back in the day, but everybody is bigger and faster now. And you can't just have a statue in the pocket. It's funny because Mac Jones said that. And I'm not, it's funny because I feel like I'm knocking the kid, but he said that I wanted to show that I wasn't a statue in the pocket in my pro day. And like he looked like a statue in the pocket. <laughs> like he was not athletic at all. And, and I think that to me, the Niners, like you, you can't make that pick if you really, really want to make that splash that you're hoping to make and give Kyle an elite athlete because Al, we're, what are we going to do next year? If Mac Jones doesn't work out, we're, we're saying the same thing. Like, Oh, I wish we had an athlete at quarterback. Oh, wait till Kyle gets a quarterback. We're in that same cycle again. And I do not want to No, see, that. I think if, if it is Mac Jones or if it is Justin Fields, if it is Trey Lance and this doesn't work out, we're going to be talking about who the next head coach is. It's, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And, and that sucks because I, I, I really, really like Kyle. I hope that his personnel decisions don't I hope that Kyle Shanahan, the, the personnel evaluator, doesn't hurt Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. Yeah. Doesn't cut the legs out from Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. Because I, I really like Kyle as a coach, but look at the quarterbacks right now, Hoyer, Bethard, Mullins, what happened with Garoppolo, and now we'll see what this quarterback you, you know, it's 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 to be determined. It's it's T B D. He could end up hitting a home run, and we're talking about Kyle as, you know, it's Bill Walsh and it's George Seifer and it's Kyle Shanahan 
and, and Jim Harbaugh or whatever. And, and we could be talking about it like that, but this is the biggest, like I said, this is one of the biggest, most aggressive trades in 49ers history. This is one of the biggest crossroads in 49ers history. It's a really exciting time to be a 49ers fan. It, <laughs> everybody should be celebrating right now, but there's like this, this, this Mac Jones size cloud over the fan base. Um, and it's got a beer gut and it's, it's not super athletic and it's just following you around. And it's got a DUI. It's got a DUI. The Mac Jones cloud has a beer gut and it's drunk and it's, and it's swerving, following you around. It's bad news. It's bad news. No, you know what? I don't, I, I almost, I almost feel bad for the guy in a sense, because again, if you told me Al, the Niners are going to take Mac Jones at 12, I'd say, okay. Yeah, I get, I get it. Sure. Yeah. Let, let's see what happens. They're, take the quarterback. I like it. But, but when you, you know, we've been over it. What you tell me what they gave up from for three. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, guys. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of stress, a lot of stress in 49ers land right now. <laughs> and I think that, man, if I'm Schefter waking up in the morning, I'm like, ah, let me ask you the 49ers fan base. Mac Jones is the Niners confirmed. And just, and just said <laughs> Schefter's the guy though. Schefter's the guy who tells you things after they happen. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. the guy who tells you like Al just finished eating a sandwich. He's not going to tell you what kind of sandwich Al's going to get. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So he, 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 he's the guy who tells you when it's done. I, I got the text. It's confirmed. I'm the first person to get it. And I'm going to, I'm going to break this news. Schefter said Sam Darnold wasn't going anywhere a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the way the wind blows with these guys. And then, and then him, like guys like him and Rappaport when it's done. All right. I know for sure. There's my big breaking story. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you know, so whatever, man, whatever. That's why I like guys like silver who are just, they just tell you how it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just, here's what mm-hmm. I think. Here's what I know. I'm not sugarcoating anything. Those are the guys I like. I don't, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, man, I we'll, see. we'll see. We'll oh. see. <laughs> I know, dude. Uh, stressful, but I mean, it should be an exciting know, time, Zane. You know what this is, Al. You know what the problem is. The problem, and it's funny because I'll I'll put this out and be like randomly. This guy. The problem is Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins did not exist, the 49ers would have one of Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes right now. We wouldn't even be talking about Mac Jones at all, and we're basically looking at the Niners having their quarterback for the next 10 years at this point. If Kirk Cousins, because that's what Kyle, like the, the, arch, the archetype quarterback that Kyle likes, right? The, what the media thinks he likes. Because he said in his press conference, that's not necessarily what I'm looking for, right? But the media thinks that that's, that's what he wants. And that's basically what Matt Jones most closely resembles. So, I mean, that's, but, but, maybe that's what did, it is. Did, did you hear in the press conference, though, like he did say that, but then he also went on like a three-minute thing about how great Kirk Cousins is. God, I know. <laughs> he I'm was like, like, I love Kirk. And, you know, we only had three games together. And, and if, I, yeah. if I can go back in time, baby, please don't leave. But, and then he's like, I don't, I don't know if I can talk about people on, on other teams. He loves the guy. He loves him. Dude. He, I, I mean, it was a solid two minutes. It, it felt like 10 minutes. He was just going off on like his Kirk tangent. Loves the guy. Could you, could you fall in love with the more average quarterback, though? Like, <laughs> come on, dude. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like, okay, he fell in love with like Josh Allen or Mahomes or one of these guys, Russell Wilson. No, Kirk Cousins, career he five Kirk. quarterback, dude, average quarterback. He loves man. him. Anyways, man, I'm done. There's, that's, a, that's a lot of ranting that people are going to hear on this podcast. Apologies, so, yeah. by the way, so, you know, for the negativity, but, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just so tired of this Mac Jones crap. No, it's I think only- I think we had an honest I think we had an honest show tonight. I think that's that's all we can do is be honest. So it was it was a good yeah. show. 
Um, and the next show will probably be the draft show. And yeah, we'll see if we can figure something out, maybe get some kind of round table thing or whatever going, but we'll see who knows what's going to happen between now and then. But until then, try to stay sane guys. Draft is almost here. Thanks for listening. For Zane, this is Al. 